what it was. But the pepper and spices could be sold in the markets, and cloth was always of use once you'd dried it out. This incident served to reinforce my mother's reputation for uncanny knowledge. But what no one outside our family knew was that it was not only spoilt silk and waterlogged goods that we had found. Drawn by an urge I could not explain or even describe, except to say that the palms of my hands itched and my nose twitched like a dog that had scented sausages that might be stolen, I had waded into the crashing surf. I stood there for a moment, sneezing violently, then reached down and laid hands on a small oblong object. It was heavy. I fairly staggered under the weight of it. I stood there with the sea sucking at my knees, gazing down at my find. It was a small wooden lockbox, very beautifully made, its carvings inlaid with some shiny white stuff that picked up the moonlight. I went running back to Da and showed it to him. He gave a low whistle, then took the box from me. I saw how surprised he was by its weight, he almost dropped it. Then he wrapped some of the cloth around it and bent his head down close to mine. This is just the sort of box someone would keep treasure in, he whispered and put a finger to his lips. The walk back up the cliff seemed to take an age. I couldn't wait to get back to our cottage and open the box. As soon as we were there, Da lit the lantern and set the box down on the table and we all gathered around it. That's ivory, that is, Mam said, tracing a long finger over the white patterns. I watched the passage of her finger and saw that the decorations were of animals, animals for which I had no name. They had long, long noses which stretched out and wrapped themselves around the tail of the animal in front so that they walked in a linked line. I thought they were wonderful. Da said they were elephants. It was not a word I knew, but somehow it conjured up exotic foreign places to me. Where do elephants come from, Da? I asked. For as far as I knew, there were no such things as elephants in Kurnow. Cats and dogs and jackdaws and magpies, horses and cows, sheep and foxes and rabbits and rodents, but no elephants. He had to admit he did not know precisely, but Mam dropped me a wink. Some come from India, she said quietly, but the ones with really big ears, they come from Africa. Open it, Da, I breathed. But it was locked, and there was no key. Da took out his knife, and after some careful effort, prized the box open. Within lay a dull brown oilcloth, but inside this were coins, pistols and ducats, tailors and doubloons, crusados and pieces of eight some gold, many silver, and a few in other metals. All sorts of coins from all over the world, Dad declared after some examination. My parents gazed at each other. You see, Mam said at last, ruffling my hair, it may have taken nine years to prove me right, but he's a finder all right. Chapter 2. Removing Temptation We didn't use all the gold at once, as some others might have done, but continued to live a simple life, though Mam might have had a new dress or two out of my finding, and da some better quality tobacco. We're saving it for a rainy day, 
Mam said one day, a year or so later, finding me on tiptoe on top of a chair on top of the table, with my head among the shadows and spiderwebs in the eaves, viewing the gleaming coins in the bottom of the plain earthenware pot in which they were kept. And when I pointed out that there had been a lot of rain lately, she simply gave me a sad look and said, There will always be harder times than these. And indeed there were, though not necessarily for our family. When Zealous Brown's house burnt down and she lost all she had, a new house was soon being raised, and her daughter came round and wept her thanks to Mam. And when one of Farmer Scoble's sons fell beneath the plough and his thigh was cut almost to the bone, somehow the money for a fancy surgeon was found, and the leg was saved. All this time, Mam worked the garden and tended to her bees and baked delicious little cakes.